Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I am 42 and I have two sons, Alexandre and Nathan, making me a busy mommy of two on do two. Because it's September and kids are back to school, a topic we're hearing a lot about is separation anxiety. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everybody. I'm Heather Fox. I'm the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and my son Hudson is a year and a half. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonia Ladivpour. I'm 42. I've got four kids, 14 and 13-year-old girls, a nine-year-old boy and a one-year-old baby. And we're done having kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the owner of Bright Star Counseling and a registered social worker working with children and families. Hi, I'm Agnes Meyer. I am a mama to a nine-year-old boy. I'm married and I am a registered nurse. I've worked in labor and delivery for 12 years and I own the Mama Coach Tri-Cities. Well, thank you ladies for being here today. So Sonia, uh, what is separation anxiety? So by, by definition, separation anxiety is when a child feels uh, the, the threat of separation will cause them a significant amount of stress. So we see clinging, crying, pleading. They don't want to leave mommy or daddy uh, or their caretaker. And it's usually because the situation that they're in, they feel stressful. It's new. They're not sure. So they stay very close to, they want to stay close to mom and dad or their caretaker who make them feel relaxed and safe. They're usually, separation anxiety is made up of uh, pro what we call proximity seeking behaviors. So these are uh, signs of like clinging and crying and pleading and bargaining. And we call these proximity seeking behaviors because they are meant to draw us in as parents and rescue their, our child from the distress and to keep them safe, which means taking them back home and not dropping them off at school. So many of these behaviors are seen in stressful situations, such as being in a new situation. The child perceives these as dangerous as they are not sure. And their young brains, they're just automatically reacting. They're telling them very simply that the new situation is dangerous and unsure. And to ensure their safety, they must stay close to mom or dad who are considered their safe people. And then there's, we have the child's temperament, and some children are just sensitive to changes in new people, and they might be more affected by something um, like the beginning of school or taking part of, in a new class. And we see a lot of new things in September um, that children are starting up again. So friends coming back from summer holidays, new teachers, they might be in a new classroom, some might be in a completely new school, or it might be their first time away from, from mom and dad. So, Sonia, is it normal for my child uh, to show these signs if I drop him off at daycare or preschool or even kindergarten or elementary school in the future? Absolutely. I th they, are, they are signs to show that they're well attached to you and that 
you are safe for them and they're in a new environment that can be really scary depending on their child's temperament. And we have some children, I'm sure you've seen her or you may parent these and they, they give one wave and off they go and they're chatting away and playing with their friends in no time. And others, they take some time and they need mom or dad hand to hold or need them to stay close by while they explore the environment, their new environment and being close to the people we love is a very normal, normal reaction to have. So yeah, separation is not um, a ploy or a, or a conscious decision. Children who show signs of being anxious when they are separate from their caregivers are not doing anything purposeful. They feel genuinely scared and are doing whatever they can to get themselves out of the situation, in this case, back, back home with you. And we can see this up to teenagers who are in a new situation and it feels uncomfortable and the natural reaction to have when you feel uncomfortable is to go somewhere where you're where you're feeling safe and that is at home and with you and that that's a great thing that that your home and the parent is a safe place for the child it's also not rational so the the stress is not rational the prefrontal cortex which is the part of the brain that helps us make rational decisions and reason through situations is still not developed in in children especially young children and they're acting on pure instinct so really their body has just received a huge adrenaline rush um, and it's a rush rush of fear in a new situation it's also not a sign that your child's not going to thrive or that your child just because your child shows signs of some separation anxiety does not mean they will not thrive and become independent older children and adults some will always have the tendency to be cautious in new situations, but they will thrive and get along with their peers, even if they're screaming and crying and want to go home with you. They won't be living in your basement at, at 35. <laughs> Although in Vancouver, with the high prices, they, <laughs> may, they may still be living in there. <laughs> but they'll be confident. <laughs> they'll be confidently living you can be in confident. your basement. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Confidently and securely. <laughs> It's also not a sign of an unhealthy attachment. It's actually a great sign that your child is, is healthily attached in a healthy way to you, securely attached to you, that they're able to show you that they're afraid to be in this new situation and that they want to stay with their trusted and, and the parent that makes them feel safe. So, Sonia, what are the common missteps that parents can fall into? Well, and I think, and this, of course, is coming, I want to make sure that that's I say that as clearly as a parent as well. We, we want to help our children out of any stressful situation. We want to provide reassurance and let them know that mommy's got this and mommy's going to make sure that, or daddy, is going to make sure everything goes smoothly. So trying to reason with anxiety, though, um, I spoke earlier about the prefrontal cortex, how the front of Front, this is the front of the brain that we use for reasoning. Um, when a child is in distress, that part of the brain is it's basically unplugged, so to say. So it's like trying to work on a computer, even though the screen is is unplugged. So you couldn't you wouldn't be able to reason at all with with your child because they're dysregulated and they're they're fearful and their fight or flight um, part of their brain is on and and adrenaline's rushing through their body and it's very hard to reason with them so a common misstep um, would be to try to reason with your child when they're dysregulated so reasoning could happen the day before or when they're not in that height the height of fight or flight um, or 
another misstep common one and this is normal too you see your child playing and they look happy and it'd be a great opportunity just to turn around and quickly leave while they don't notice and although that seems might seem like that would be the easy easy thing to do it's actually becomes harder for the child because they need to say the goodbye in order to look forward to the to the hello again and need to know that he they won't go you won't go while they're exploring their environment and that you're there for them until you've said your goodbyes I have tried to sneak out of my daycare when I <laughs> when I did a gradual introductory. I was like, "See ya, peace out." I'm going to the mall for an hour, but they were like, "No, no, you gotta, you gotta say bye. You gotta say you're gonna come back." I was like, "Okay," so I did. But it's uh, hard. We get different advice. We mm-hmm. we we hear people saying, "You know, don't prolong the goodbye. Don't mm-hmm. prolong the goodbye." So you look like your your child's playing, having a great time. Why not just leave? That doesn't go very far in in building the trust. It's good to know the behind, what happens in the yeah. brain, right? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so important. Sonia, what can we do to help our children with separation anxiety? So as a basic principle of social psychology, we tend to like people who like us. So you can facilitate this fondness between your child and teacher by saying maybe something like, did you see the smile on Mr. Teacher's face that morning when he said hello to you? I think he really likes to see you every morning. So by saying that, you're, you're, you're bridging that relationship between your child and your teacher and yourself. So it's something you noticed about the teacher that he, he likes about your son or your daughter. And that makes people feel good. Everyone likes to be liked. And you could also say, share stories with the teacher. You could do it the other way around. So something like, Michael came home last night. And all he could talk about is how much he likes the stories you tell in class. I think he really likes being in your class. The teacher likes to hear that too, that a child likes them and finds them funny or enjoys being in class with them. You could also look for looking for common ground. So finding find things your child may have in common with your teacher. You could say something like, uh, hey, look, sweetheart, I can see your child has a red shirt on just like you. Maybe his favorite color is red. Why don't we go ask her or him? So we tend to like people who share the same likes and similarities. Could be stuff in the classroom that they might connect with. So maybe they have a picture of a butterfly on the classroom. Oh, look, honey, he has a picture of a butterfly just like you. I wonder if they like butterflies. So it gives them a starting conversation point and show the beginnings of a relationship based on similarities. This is a really important one. It's so hard. It's try to be certain and confident. So keep your emotions in check. So instead of holding on a little bit too hard on that little hand and saying, oh, I'm going to miss you today, try saying, I'm excited to be here with you and to see your new classroom. And I'm excited to see you again after school and hear all about your stories. When inside, we just want to cry. So save the tears. Save the tears for the car. (laughs) Call mm-hmm. a friend later. Or call a friend call later. A friend. Go for coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go see Agnes, the mama coach at the coffee shop and yes. meet up with other mamas. <laughs> Absolutely. And your child takes your cue from you. So you're your, you're your child's reference for anything new. Uh, she'll look to you to see if the school is safe and fun and your body language, if you're calm and reassuring voice. That'll all goes a long way to give your child the message that he or she is safe to explore the new classroom and the new environment. So part of anxiety is, is being okay with 
some of the unknowns. So some children, they need a little bit more information on what's going to happen during the day. So you could um, draw or you could write out what's going to happen at school. So what happens at the beginning, then it's playtime, then there'll be some work, and then there's some outside play, and you're always ending with, and then I'll pick you up. So by giving your child specific sequences of events that ends with a reconnection, you take the guesswork out of the day. And you can always draw a picture, or you can sing a song, or you, however your child likes to see the day. Uh, you could also go to your school, go to the school with your child. So I don't mean on the actual day. Take a look at the school, play in the playground, look through the windows, let them familiarize themselves with the, with the building and the smell and the, the look of the school. Uh, this is my favorite. So part of you can go to school with your child. So you can take a favorite t-shirt that smells like you, tuck it into the backpack in the front, or I actually have a cute story of my son. He had a, it's going to be so mad I'm telling him this because he's older now, but he had his blankie that he, that he slept with on his first day of kindergarten. He was so nervous, so we cut little squares out of his blankie and put them in his pocket. So when he put his hands in his pocket, he could feel his blankie with his hands, and he stood there. And he had his hands in his little pocket and the other parents were commenting, he looks so casual, just standing there with his hands in his pocket. But only I knew that inside those pockets were actually his blankie that he was feeling. I love it. So this little, cool, so this little cool guy was actually had his hands in his pocket feeling, holding on, holding on to his blankie for Aww. the, for dear life. Aw, what is the other thing you were telling me, Heather, earlier about um, the book? The, the, the Kissing kiss. Hand. Yeah, there's a book called The Kissing Hand, and I definitely re recommend this book for mm -hmm. any parents of little ones. Um, basically, in short form, the story is about this baby raccoon who's off to his first day of school, and he's very nervous. And his mom tells him about this tradition that's been passed on by generations, and he's like, I'm going to give you a kiss on your hand, and whenever you feel scared and lonely, you're going to put your hand to your cheek and feel your mama's love. And so, you know, and then he feels, you know, all touched and warm by this. And, and the end of the, they're ready, he's ready to go to school. And then he says, Mama, give me your hand. And he unfolds her fingers and kisses her hand. And he's like, now you'll have my love too. And it's like, oh, you're cracked. Anyways, <laughs> it's, it's a really great story it's just to, you know, share with your little ones as they're doing uh, new things. Yeah. It's like the book, The Invisible String has the same concept that we're still connected, even though yeah. we're apart, mm -hmm. we're, we're always together and we're still we're still thinking of each other. So you're always focusing on the reunion. You're always bringing your child back again after school. I'm going to be excited to see you. And you can say, you know, when you're, when, I, when you're at school, I'll be working. You don't need to give the big details of what you're doing. But you're always focusing on the, the reconnection and what you're going to do after school when you're together again. Heather, what is your experience as a teacher point of view? Yeah, so when I was um, working with Jimbery, um, a lot of our classes primarily, of course, were parent participation, but we did have classes for three to five-year-olds, and that meant it was a drop-off class. And um, so we definitely dealt with a lot of parents leaving their children for the first time, um, whether it be a preschool class or just even like a shorter class, like an hour-long art class. But a lot of the time, it was their very, very first experience ever leaving their children. 
And um, so definitely those parents themselves had anxiety. And so they wanted that experience to be positive for their children. So a lot of the time they definitely would come to us for advice of, you know, what are we going to do? And and I would always, you know, tell them to be very honest with their children that, you know, mommy's going to go and she's going to come back and pick you up and you're going to show me your beautiful artwork or whatever that happens to be. And I said, but also be confident, whatever you're feeling and all that anxiety that you're feeling, when you come and you drop them off, you're going to be excited, you're going to be confident confident and you're going to give them a big hug and a high five and you know take them right in there and tell them I'm going to see you soon and I'm going to come back and pick you up so it was very much very very important that they said their goodbye and you know and sometimes we did have parents that needed to linger a little bit like and we did like almost like a gradual entry I guess for some students and where they could sit inside the class and the children we always had a kind of rule that the parents weren't allowed to be in our circle time kind of thing. The parents could sit on the side. So the child needed to be with their parent. That was totally fine. But they knew that they could eventually inch their way into being more independent. And then eventually, say, mom could sit outside. And eventually, mom was able to leave. So we were very, you know, helpful with our parents to have that gradual entry if they needed it. Whereas, you know, again, it all depended on individual children and their situations. But again, not saying goodbye in that nervous way and then you're peeking in the window and hanging and then they can see you and they're like why is mom still looking because it's a big distraction you know for their child but also for the other children well why is so-and-so's parent looking here so we had to make that quite clear that once they said goodbye that that was their goodbye and then they were to go um you know if there obviously was an issue we were always calling them back if we needed to but um yeah so that's kind of how we helped parents through that and it was yeah fairly overall fairly successful so mm -hmm. and for you agnes as a mom of a 9 year old boy are you finding this time of the year hard yes for both of us i'm type a and i like to know what things are happening where my son's going and so i find it quite stressful that the first week you know he doesn't have his teacher and it's not established yet um and i find that it's hard for him as well because They end the year off, and then the first day they're with their friends from the previous year, and then there's that anxiety of, oh, who's going to be in my class this year? And one year, my son ended up in a class where he didn't know anybody, and he was very, very nervous and very anxious, and it actually turned out really well because he ended up making some really, really good friends, but it can be quite um, stressful for them as well. And I just do, basically what I say is, you know, we're just going to go with the flow see how the week goes and we just take one day at a time mm -hmm. that first week is very hard mm -hmm. it's so much uncertainty and mm -hmm. rumors that you might be in this class oh. but you might be in that class or you might be with this friend so it's certainly a huge time of uncertainty this week so Sonia you got a lot of phone calls this week It's been a very busy week. It's been a busy week. I, yeah. I'm anxious for the anxious kids. <laughs> What we have done, uh, well, my son didn't, I, we kept him in daycare all summer. I have a newborn. He's born, he's just born in June, right? So I didn't want to take him out of daycare and put him back after. I wanted my first three months with my newborn to be, um, to have some time for him, right? So I didn't have to do Um, slow introduction again but in the past I did a lot of mom's lunches in my house and so my son was actually exposed to a lot of groups of children and uh, it went really well but I, I really worked hard at trying different things with him go different places go to the library and even then when BC does a strong start program which is um, uh, like type of preschool 
program. And uh, so all those program around you or activities or mom dates with kids and babies and that really helps that helps them I think oh and, he, and he's taking his cue from from you that mm -hmm. there's people that are in his life that are trustworthy and that are fun and that we can play with and that he's safe with so you're modeling all that every time you create the, a mom's group where he comes along yeah and I think it's hard for a lot of moms that have anxiety themselves and it's hard mm -hmm. for them to go out there mm -hmm. i mean i'm I'm thinking maybe a little bit with little ones here um you know when your little one has a lot of is really colicky it's it's really hard to get out I, I mean you may have a moment and you don't and it's okay, but when you do um push a bit yourself maybe sometimes and uh, try little different things one like half an hour at a time to see is that went well is it okay and most of the time. You're not gonna die, right? It's gonna it's gonna be fine, and then next time you can stretch it again, go a bit longer, and then you set your children for um, you expose them to different things. Especially some of the older kids, there's a lot to be said about modeling modeling those types of behaviors to your child too. For saying, I'm going out to meet a new mummy group, and I'm feeling a little bit nervous because I, I'm not sure what to yeah, expect. Yeah, be honest, <laughs> right? Well, it'd be As nice a mom, to me, oh. and then I love the part. Um, the strategy we, we use a lot with the kids is looking for highlights. So looking for the positive, looking for the helpers, looking for the for the person with the nice smile, because that's there's always one of those in the crowd. There's always someone who's smiling nicely, or there's somebody who's letting you know it's okay to be part of the group. And look for those people. Look for the highlights. Mm -hmm, that's great. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here today. So it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game, not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask, sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Heather, can you please pick one and read it to us? Oh, really? So today's question, should kids be forced to try new foods? Whoa, big <laughs> one. <laughs> well, I... I, I take issue force with, such I a take big issue word, right? with the word that's, that's force. That's a harsh word. So yeah. my not re reaction right away is to get my back up and say no, because I hear the word forced. <laughs> right. So I think when it's put that way to the child, you must eat this. And just how I had the reaction of hearing force and saying no, mm -hmm. that child would probably also want to say no. In forced, no. Encouraged, yes. There's many things to try. Yeah, I don't like the word force, but I encourage. Um, and the interesting thing with kids is, is that the first time they look at broccoli, they think you're trying to poison them. But you know what? The more times you try, honestly, they will eventually eat it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with Hudson being younger, he's constantly right now being introduced to new foods. And um, something that we've kind of constantly done is always had something he likes, but then I would put the new food along with it. Um, and for instance, like beets. Um, the first day, you know, he kind of looked at it, he picked one up and it spit it out right away and then ignored it. The next time it was on his plate again, and I did it like three nights in a row. Next time, you know, he picked it up and kind of pondered it a little longer. Third night, gobbled it all up. 
So it's about, and I didn't make a big deal of it. I didn't even really talk about it. They were just on there. We were all having them. And that's kind of, you know, so again, add that forest word. I don't like that forest word, but also not making a big deal of it and just kind of casually having it there. <laughs> I, I love this metaphor back yeah. to trying on the first day of school yeah. and food. It's the yeah. same thing. The first day you try, yeah. it's, mm, blah, I didn't yeah. like it. The second day is a little <laughs> bit better. The third day is a little bit better. And by the fifth, totally. you might love it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. I think we're all agreeing on the force word here. It's a bit too strong, but uh, I think it's keep introducing uh, new food and put it there over and over and over again. Different forms, sometimes cook, sometimes raw, sometimes puree, because we still love those little pouches. Then they're really, uh, really easy on the go, right? But uh, yeah, so that's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I love those pouches. They are so <laughs> convenient, right? They taste good. They taste good too. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Sonia. Thank you, Agnes. And thank you, Heather, for being here today, um, for taking your time to uh, contribute in other parents' life, helping us be the best parents we can be. For listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think. And remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate, but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.